Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Ask the Expert North Texas here on News Radio 1080 KRLD. I'm David Rankin. And I'm Kristen Diaz. So yesterday the CDC advised that uh, kids six months and older uh, should be able to receive now at least one dose of the updated FDA-approved COVID-19 booster. According to the CDC, the updated COVID-19 booster made by Pfizer and Moderna, they apparently target a subvariant of Omicron. It's called the XBB15. On today's Ask the Expert, we have Dr. Jeffrey Kahn, who joins us in the KRLD Afternoon News. He is the Chief of Infectious Diseases at Children's Health and Professor of Pediatrics at UT Southwestern. Thank you so much for the time today. Oh, my pleasure. You know, Dr. Kahn, we know that Parents must have so many questions, uh, not only for their own uh, vaccines that they're eligible for, but especially when it comes to their kids, right? With this uh, latest advisory, what can you tell us about this booster? What are some of the pros and cons to it? So I I think the first thing to to mention is is really technically it's not a booster. It's a new reformulation of the vaccine. So the the first vaccines that we had were actually targeted against the first COVID strain and then one one of the early Omicron strains. But the virus has mutated and evolved quite a bit. So we had to reformulate the vaccines so that they match the current strains. Um, and right now, this new vaccine that's available, this reformulated vaccine available, induces immunity that is very that is protective against the current strains of, of COVID that are currently circulating. And there, there, there are actually several of these strains, uh, one of which has been particularly worrisome is a, a, a strain called BA2.86, which has mutated quite a bit, um, but it seems that the immunity induced by this new vaccine uh, will protect against that strain as well. The issue, of course, with vaccines has become kind of the controversial thing, especially for parents in dealing with their children. You have to go over that hump in order to get parents to be convinced to give their kids the shot. How difficult uh, a load is that for physicians and health experts to carry? Well, it's certainly a challenge, but I think, you know, having a a frank conversation with the parents is really the way to do this. And and the way that I approach this is to say that, well, yes, it's true that children tend to get mild disease compared to adults, although we certainly have seen children who have had pretty severe disease. And certainly if you have a child with an underlying medical condition, they should get vaccinated. But there's another dimension to this, of course, and that is that your, your greatest risk of getting COVID, anybody's greatest risk of getting COVID, is having a family, a household contact who has COVID. And of course, now the children are, you know, a lot of these children are in daycare or at school, they may bring the virus home. And if you have somebody in your household who falls into a high risk category, 
Um, the way to protect them is not only to get them immunized, but immunize everybody in the household, something we call cocooning. So, so that, there's a, a secondary reason to get children uh, immunized. And of course, from a public health perspective, we really want to quash this virus. And um, with these new strains that are evolving and emerging, they're going to start escaping the immunity that's been induced either by natural infection or vaccine. And, and, and now, now we're going to start, you know, we may see a bump in the, in, in the number of cases, which we're seeing right now. All the more reason to vaccinate as many people as possible to really keep this virus down. Yeah, you, you hit it right on the head, right? I mean, anyone with kids at home, they know they're the little germ magnets. And then once one kid gets sick, the whole house gets sick. And then you just go circulate. And sometimes it can go weeks before everyone starts to feel better. And then something else comes to the house. Right. Uh, <laughs> Anybody who's got children has experienced exactly what you just described. Absolutely. And so, you know, we want to keep the germs away. How effective is this booster? How long? Do, I know there's been a lot of question, even uh, with all of the vaccines, just how long they actually last before they need to get, you know, revaxed. Right. So there, there are a couple of competing forces here. One, of course, with, with, the, with the COVID vaccine, what we've noticed is that the immunity tends to wane over time. And the other, the other force at play here is that this virus keeps mutating. Um, and so, you know, whether we're going to have to reformulate the vaccine at some point in the future because the virus has now mutated so far away from the, the immunity induced by the vaccines, we don't know that yet. The, um, the, certainly the, the current recommendations are, and if you're in a high-risk group, you may consider a, a second shot of the vaccine, you know, a, a few months after the, after the first shot. Certainly, my advice would be speak to your physician. If you fall into a high-risk group, and when I say high-risk group, it's clearly you know, individuals with, with underlying uh, immunological problems or, or chemotherapy or, 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 or have underlying medical conditions. But what we've noticed, particularly this calendar year, and it was true throughout the, the pandemic, the older you are, the greater risk you are for getting severe COVID. So if you fall into, if you're in the older age group, and I'll let you define that, but the CDC has broken this down by age, but clearly um, being over 65, and particularly being over 75 is a really great, you, you really have a great risk of, of getting hospitalized due to COVID. The last point I'll make is that if you look at um, the hospitalization rate between people who have been vaccinated and people who have not been vaccinated, the hospitalization rate is much higher than people who have not been vaccinated. You brought this up briefly just a second. I kind of want to reiterate this point. At the very beginning, when these COVID vaccines started coming out, we would go for the first shot, three weeks later, get the second shot. Is this new reformulated COVID vaccine intended to be just a one a one shot thing? Well, that's an excellent question, and we'll see how things unfold. There are certainly there are risk groups uh, that the CDC has identified, suggesting a second shot may be necessary. Um, I think for, if you're otherwise healthy, a first shot may be fine right now. But we're going to have to see how this all all this evolves, and it, it could be that we'll need a second booster or actually a first booster of this particular vaccine. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see we'll, 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 the epidemiology, the circulation of the virus, the, whether the whether new strains um, e e emerge, that will that will tell us where to go. Dr. Khan, can we talk about the side effects of the COVID booster on kids? I know a lot of parents were worried about uh, the chance for myocarditis. Is that still something that is relevant with this new booster? So the, the myocarditis issue has, has really been identified um, um, to be most likely in adolescent or young adult man, men, more so than females and more so than other age groups. Um, and that's a, certainly a concern. However, if you, you know, 
um, COVID itself, the virus that causes COVID, SARS-CoV-2, can actually cause myocarditis. And if you look at the rates of myocarditis due to COVID versus the rate of myocarditis due to the, to the vaccine, the rates of myocarditis in COVID-infected individuals is higher, much higher than those than those rates in, in vaccinated individuals. In other words, if you're going to look at it just this from a, from a risk perspective, your risk of getting myocarditis is much higher if you get COVID versus if you get the COVID vaccine. One of the controversies, of course, with the COVID vaccine over the last couple of years, and one of the benefits, I should say, of the COVID vaccine over the last couple of years, it's been government subsidized. Those government subsidies have ended. And for people that don't have health insurance, these shots can cost anywhere from $120 to $130. And a lot of low-income families can't possibly afford that. You know, this is going to be a public health issue, right? If if we're looking to immunize as many people as possible, these barriers can't be can't be present. Um, although I, I understand that there are, are going to be mechanisms for even uh, uh, uninsured, low-income uh, families to get the vaccine. But from from a public health perspective, and that was the beauty, as you mentioned, early in the vaccine, it, anybody can get it. It was free, it was plentiful and available. And I think that's what we should do now. Will we risk the chance of these vaccines, if they don't get all used up, to expire? Something that we saw a bit of in the beginning of the pandemic? Yeah, that there, there's always that chance. And of course, there's hesitancy out there. Um, and, um, you know, what, what we've been through has been extraordinary. Um, over a million people have died in this country due to COVID. And um, it's still around. The virus is not going anywhere. Um, it keeps mutating. Now, I should say that we're not going to go back to where we were as far as the height of the pandemic. Um, you know, the the, the the stage of the pandemic has changed considerably. We're not going back to that, I don't believe. Um, but it's still a dangerous virus. It's still circulating. It's still mutating. If you're at risk, get the vaccine. Is this going to end up being something similar to what we get in the fall with flu shots because we're recommended every year to get flu shots. And in some cases, and in virtually all cases, you can get them at the same time, the flu shot and a COVID shot. Is that kind of the, the mentality we're going to be having moving forward year after year? That's an excellent point. So every year we reformulate the flu vaccine to try to match the strains that are circulating. So that strategy has been well known for flu, and we've used that strategy for decades. So it looks like we may be doing that with COVID. Now, we don't know how much this virus can mutate away from the immunity from the vaccines that we have available. But time will tell. Uh, but it, it, it is likely, like we're going to go head into, heading into the fall now, that we'll have flu vaccine, COVID vaccine. Of course, now we have an RSV vaccine. But the question has come up, you know, can you get the flu vaccine and the COVID vaccine at the same time? The answer to that question is yes. Um, and, you know, for, from a practicality standpoint, that may work for a lot of people. Um, now, fortunately, you're not seeing flu, a lot of flu right now, and flu is always unpredictable when it's going to peak. Um, but we do know that COVID is circulating now, and people are getting hospitalized now. And there are other parts of the country where there's a lot more COVID than there is here. And that just tells us that it's coming. And this is an opportunity to start, you know, to get your flu vaccine, excuse me, to get your COVID vaccine. Um, and they should be available in the next day or two. You know, the, you mentioned how we're looking at other parts of the country. What about what are we learning from other parts of the world? Obviously, we're not the only ones dealing with COVID. Um, are they also rolling are other countries rolling out similar vaccines for kids? Well, I, I think, you know, the, the surveillance that you're that you're you're you're, you're commenting on um, 
really is, uh, the focus is on what strains are circulating. And there's been this one strain called BA286. Uh, uh, I know there's a lot of alphabet soup here um, that has been very worrisome because it is highly mutated, this, this strain. And it's been identified in a number of countries in a few cases here. And the big concern was that A, it would overtake all the other variants that are circulating and B, that it would escape the immunity induced by this new vaccine. Fortunately, that does not seem to be the case. One, it doesn't seem to be overtaking the, the current strains. That's good news. And second, and really this is really great news, is that the, um, the new vaccine seems to induce immunity to protect us against severe disease due to this, uh, this highly mutated strain. Health experts have been saying recently that these new mutated strains might be worrisome, but not nearly as deadly as the original strain has been. Is the virus less dangerous and will it continue to become less dangerous, if not at all not dangerous? So uh, it, it doesn't seem that these new strains are any more virulent than it's than the predecessors. That's good news. You know, the, 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 the bad news is that, you know, its predecessors would cause pretty severe disease in some individuals. So we shouldn't take this virus lightly. This is, uh, although some people will, 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 will suffer mild symptoms, fortunately, most people will suffer relatively mild symptoms, not requiring hospitalization. Many people do require hospitalization. So this is, you know, we can't take this virus too lightly right now. And um, so, so, and now we have an effective tool. Uh, you know, you remember the early days of the pandemic, we had no vaccine. Um, and it was devastating. That's, that virus is still out there. Um, it's still circulating. People are still getting hospitalized. People are still dying from this virus. So, but, you know, by all means, if, if, you know, if you're eligible and most people are eligible to get the vaccine, go ahead and get vaccinated. It's one thing that I think a lot of people forget is also how many people are hospitalized and who die of the flu. And, right. you know, that's something we've had for a long time. We've just kind of gotten used to it. This is something that we can actually do something about as it's still in its infancy stages compared to the flu. Yeah, that, that, that's absolutely true. You know, I, I, I think sometimes people get skewed by some of the data. Mm -hmm. They say, well, you know, it, it's, this only, it's only a small percentage of people who die. But, you know, there's more to the story than just mortality. It's, you know, it's morbidity as well. In other words, yes, you may survive COVID infection, but if, you, if you're in the hospital in the ICU for a month, that has dramatic effects on your lifestyle Absolutely. and your life. And, and, and you think about after a month or, 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 or extended period of time in the hospital, you have to go rehabilitation. These are yep. big problems that could be prevented by a single shot. And it also, we tend to forget that long COVID is still an issue, that you can still feel symptoms months into the future. And there are people that have been, have been dealing with, with things like something like loss of taste, for years at this point. Long COVID has been a, a real mystery. Uh, we're still haven't quite sure why certain individuals get long COVID, but it's clearly a phenomenon. And again, going back to the data, it shows that your risk of getting long COVID is significantly reduced if you get vaccinated. So an, an, another reason to get vaccinated, it, it, it protects you against severe disease and hospitalization. It protects you against long COVID. And in the pediatric population, we saw a new a, a new disease come up, and you know, MISC, multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children. This is a disease that we never saw before, and it was due to COVID. And we do know now very well that if you immunize your child, or you have a child who gets immunized, their risk of getting this MISC disease significantly lower. So again, all the data points to 
get the vaccine. It's safe. It's effective. Now we have you know, almost three years of, of experience with the, vac- with, the, with the older vaccines, and I suspect the same is going to be true for the new vaccine. That is Dr. Jeffrey Kahn, who is the chief of infectious diseases at Children's Health and professor of pediatrics at UT Southwestern here on the KRLD Afternoon News. Ask the expert. Thank you so much for your time. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 